You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by the Breeders' Cup. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Monday the 20th of February, up bright and early to start the new week here from TW11. But I'll be heading up the A1 to York very shortly to chair the judging panel for the Thoroughbred Industry Employee Awards. One of the most fulfilling days of the year. And I'll be reporting from that with a few of the winners on tomorrow morning's podcast before heading to Saudi Arabia for the Saudi Cup, the world's richest horse race, which is the feature anywhere in the world this week. $20 million and on tomorrow's podcast. I'll be speaking to the owner of two leading fancies for that race. But back to what's happening on home soil. And there is only one place to start. And that is the devastating impression created by the returning Shishkin at Ascot in the Ascot Chase Grade 1 on Saturday afternoon. That and plenty more to come. But that's the place to start. And David Yates is the man to discuss it with. Newsboy from the Daily Mirror. This was one to stir the blood and quicken the pulse. David, uh, what did you make of Shiskin's performance? Well, immediately afterwards, Nicky Henderson said, we've got the old Shishkin back. And that really summed it up, didn't it? Um, this was a completely different horse to the one that we've seen on the last two starts from Shishkin. Obviously, he was in trouble early on in the Queen Mother Champion Chase at Cheltenham last March, then was diagnosed with that rare bone disorder. Uh, I think many of us feared that that might be the end of Shishkin at the top uh, back then. Then in the Tingle Creek at Sandown, his last run over two miles, it, it was it was pretty laboured stuff when he was beaten 15 lengths in third by Edward Stone. Immediately after that race, Nicky Henderson said, we're going up in trip. And I think many of us still thought, well, I've crossed my fingers, but this horse just doesn't look the imperious one of, of previous uh months and years and my goodness wasn't that just a totally different performance yesterday i think nico de boinville had, had said to nicky henderson prior to the race that they would know their fate before the first and certainly before the second fence um he jumped straight as uh a gun barrel it seemed he he sauntered round on the bridle um it was evident i thought running from swinley bottom that J.J. Slevin was becoming a little bit more animated on the reigning title holder, Fakir Duderi. Uh, then it was down to two. Pick Dorhey had made the running under Harry Cobden. This horse, of course, was unbeaten in three starts this year and um, seemed to have really strengthened up and taken his form to a new level. But when he was tackled by Shishkin uh, at the second last and running to the final fence, it was game over. I was still surprised when the winning distances were read out at the race course, that it was 16 lengths. Uh, that was a, a measure of how Shishkin had powered to the line. And it was a it was just what the doctor ordered, I thought, yesterday. Um, I think that we've had a, a fairly, uh, what seems to be a, a standard week in horse racing these days of uh, lots of uh, self-contemplation and, and often these days not in a particularly positive sense and we needed uh, a champion like Shishkin to come back and say 
I'm back and this is how I uh, this is how I do things. And it, it was a, a warming result. Uh, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed yesterday afternoon. And um, now, of course, he's a, a short price favourite for the Ryanair chase, about even money. He wasn't given that uh, option of the champion chase because... Nicky Henderson said he's going up in distance. Of course, he'd had his uh, quarter, his palate cauterized a couple of weeks ago, and also wore a tongue tie yesterday. But um, whatever the uh, the main reason was uh, for his renaissance, and, and I'm I'm pretty sure it was the step up in trip. We have indeed got the old Shishkin back. Probably the Ryanair and not the Gold Cup. Mm -hmm. I know that a few people are thinking this would be a, a really welcome addition uh, to the Cheltenham Gold Cup. I'm in agreement with that, but um, it looks odds on he'll go for the Ryanair. Well, it was a, an unbelievable performance in the Kingwell Hurdle at Wing Canton, one of the recognised champion hurdle trials from the Nigel Twiston Davis trained I Like to Move It, written by his son Sam and owned by Jamie and Anne-Marie Shepherd. I'm delighted to welcome Jamie to the show for the first time now. Jamie, what a what a horse, and a, a great story as to as to how you how you came by him. Just just tell us how how he ended up in your silks. Uh, yes, um, it, he he was our um, he was our second ever purchase. We have five horses from Nigel, and he was our second ever purchase. Um, and um, myself and my wife were watching um, uh, racing TV actually, and. Um, it was uh, a Saturday afternoon and um, we'd had one or two drinks and um, we watched the horse um, win a bumper and it was, um, and he comes shooting away nine lengths and it was one of Nigel Tristan Davis's. Um, and uh, so I messaged Nigel and said, oh, congratulations. Um, what a great horse. And um, five seconds later, um, we had a, I had a phone call um, and it was Nigel on the line and said, oh, he's for sale if you want to buy him. And um, I said to Amory, would you like to buy him? And Amory said, yes. And um, Nigel being Nigel said, well, you know, sorry, he's got to be top of the market. And um, so we agreed that we agreed the price and um, we got the ownership of I Like to Move It. And um, he went out at Wing Canton in a bumper his first race uh, in our colours and um, won by nine lengths. So uh, we, were, we were well impressed with him and um, he's taken us on this amazing journey. He's taken you on an extraordinary journey. It's the impulse buy of all impulse buys. Um, what got you into the game in the first place, Jamie? Um, it was <laughs> it's, um, very much we loved racing our, our first ever uh, time at the race course was the Gold Cup when um, Desi Orchids won um, the Champion Gold Cup for the first time. Um, and, um, we, you know, we're, just, we're racing, we're just racing fans. And um, we um, started uh, to go on the steam train to Cheltenham. Um, and uh, we were walking up the hill from the steam train. And we said, oh, this is just fabulous and wonderful um is there anything better and we said well the next best thing would be to have a horse that run at Cheltenham and then um the next best thing would be to have a horse that won at Cheltenham and um so uh, that was that that really started the dream um 
and uh, thankfully we've been uh, successful in our business and um, we've been able to uh, buy a few horses. Um, and what's the what's the day job? What's life outside horses? What what sort of keeps you busy? Oh right, <laughs> it's, nothing is exciting. It's um, we have uh, an investment fund management company that um, uh, we've uh, been part we part owned for the last thirty odd years, um, and uh, it's, it's it's done quite well. We run about one point one billion funds under management. Um, and um yeah it's, it's 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 a great business um and you get to pursue your passions and horse racing is our passion um whereas our business partners rugby is their passion and they own a rugby club so um <laughs> it's, it's it's great it's great to be you know you know sports just such something that is so emotional um, and you can get so much pleasure out of it. And, and with, with horse racing, it's very much a family sport. Um, and our children, our children come along to Cheltenham and so forth and, and they just love the racing. Um, so it's, it's, it's very wonderful. So you've got them the bug early on. Uh, and it sounds, from what you were saying earlier, it sounds as though you and Anne-Marie shared that love right from the, right from the outset. Yeah, yeah, very much. Um, Amory's um, father was uh, a big horse racing fan. Um, and um, when I used to be at home as a kid, you know, we used to watch horse racing on the on Saturday. Um, and back then it used to be on um, BBC and ITV. Um, and uh, yeah, so we got to we got to watch the racing and, um, you know, we just fell in love with it. So you now head to Cheltenham and you can tell your business partner that, you know, he might have his rugby club, but you've got now the, the fourth favourite for the, for the champion hurdle. With a, well, with I didn't realise he'd come in that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, you could land on a, on a, on a six-horse race, five-horse race almost. So, you know, um, you've got Constitution Hill obviously looks unbeatable, but as everybody knows, you, you, you don't win anything unless you have a go and you've got the ultimate have-a-go trainer. Yes, yeah. I, I mean, uh, we really enjoy being with Nigel, and um, he's, he's become Nigel and the, his family have become great friends. And um, you, you know, um, it's uh, as Sam described him, Constitution Hills like an aeroplane. Um, but um, it doesn't mean he might not tread on a stone or something. And um, uh, we, we've 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 got to be uh, bold and brave, and enjoy ourselves, and say to I like to move it. You know, just just go and just go and run your race. Um, you love Cheltenham, and um, wh- why can't we um, go and take him on and um, do what I like to move it likes, which is gallop at pace. It's a great story. Um, I I hope this is just the beginning of of your your beautiful friendship with with racehorse ownership um and i wish you all the very best jamie thanks for talking to me thank you nick goodbye jamie shepherd there who with his wife Anne marie owns i like to move it you'll remember nigel twiston davis the famous giant killer of 2010 when it was all about denman versus corto star and he said what about imperial commander it would be quite something if he was the man to serve it up to constitution hill for all that many people will find that a fanciful notion 
if anyone's going to entertain it, it will be him. Now, David Yates, there was another significant victory back at Ascot, this time Cap du Nord in the feature handicap chase, trained by Christian Williams. Just tell us why you thought this was particularly noteworthy. Well, just because Christian Williams last season, hardly a Saturday afternoon went by without Christian Williams training the winner of a big race. And remember, this time last year, it was uh, Cap du Nord who beat Kitty's Light in uh, the Coral Trophy at Kempton Park, limited to just eight winners uh, this season before Captain Orr's victory on Saturday. We all know that cliche about you don't become a bad trainer, footballer, etc. Um, overnight. It's been a pretty torrid year for Christian Williams. That was a really um, positive and popular success. He was beside himself, really absolutely pleased, delighted to be uh, back in the, the big race limelight on a Saturday. Let's hope that's the springboard for more. Still something of a ripple effect coming out of Melbourne out of the Asian Racing Conference, which we covered two or three times last week, first with Lee Mottisett and then with the UK Tote Group Chief Executive Alex Frost on Friday. And Frost himself sent me a message over, over the weekend, and particularly with growing unease about the way that, that the Asian Racing Conference has been covered, particularly in the light of Julia Harrington's whip-focused speech. And he said, he reiterated the point that he was making on Friday, which was, there was a focus from Winfred Engelbrecht Breskers on dishing out a hundred whirlpool days across the the globe. This is the global paramutual that's generated out of out of Hong Kong, essentially transforming the finances of those race days to the tune of maybe who knows a, a couple of million in in certain cases on on British race courses. And Frost says, I don't get why people are talking about the whip post the Asian Racing Conference and not this. It feels, and this is a really striking comment, it feels like we've been given an open goal to win the World Cup and instead of banging it in the back of the net, people are arguing over what shape we should be cutting the halftime oranges. Feels totally surreal. What do you say to that, Dave? Yeah, he's obviously he's got a point. Um, the British racing media is obsessed with the whip. You, you know my yeah, thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> and, we're, and, we're two of, and we're two of the biggest culprits, let's face it. Well, well Yes, we are. But in in my own case, that's just because I constantly shake my head at the, the way that the regulator sees this. You know, and you discussed the uh, the airbrushing of the whip from uh, Rachel Blackmore's hand in in what was a pretty disappointing uh, advert for Cheltenham that, that has been on the tube over the last uh, couple of months. I've seen it loads of times on the tube, but I didn't inspect. Uh, the, that dark blue background to see that Rachel Blackmore's uh, whip was missing. Um, but yeah, he's he's got a point. We do obsess about it. Um, as I say, I, I do so from a position of incredulity, really, as for, for the way that the, the trade paper and racings uh, administrator, the British Horse Racing Authority, does seem to lack, a conf- lack confidence in uh, the sport and, you know, I, I agree with Alex that um, we're uh, 
we're apt to talk things down. I, I must make one point, though, with regard to whirlpool betting and the whip, because it's uh, when when whirlpool betting was launched a couple of years ago, I, I was I was regretful that I couldn't make it to Newmarket that evening for the launch because I wanted to ask John Gosden and William Haggis, who were uh, on the the uh, presentation podium that evening, um, how they felt whip reform would. Uh, affect whirlpool betting we're 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 trying to get our hooks into far eastern gamblers because we know that uh the sums there uh punted on on british racing can dwarf our own and the movement in uh the, the west and not in the east funnily enough um but the movement is in in the west is away from the whip i think many people see the end game as as the whip going altogether, and what's the one thing that will turn off uh, Far Eastern punters more than anything else, and that is exactly that, getting um, rid of the whip. So we'll see how that one unfolds. Whirlpool betting is, um, it, it, it could well be uh, a golden goose for British racing. There's no doubt that it's um, it's, a, it's a very welcome uh, boost financially uh, to the coffers of the sport in this country. But as I say, I think that if the, if the whip uh, if if the BHA and the the Racing Post go in the direction that uh, they seem bent on heading for, then that will compromise racing's income from whirlpool betting. Well, if there's one jockey who's catnip for punters in the American pools at the moment, it's Frankie Dottori, who is threatening to dominate at Santa Anita. Four winners last night, second in the Jockeys Championship there in this. Farewell year, we think. Ron Anderson is his agent. Anderson's been agent to the stars for years. He was with Bailey. He was with Stevens in his pomp. He's with Velasquez now. He's broken just about every record. Joel Rosario, who's had such a great time with things the last couple of years. And he's taken on to Tory for this little period. Ron, how, how are you finding it? How is Frankie? How, how are you enjoying this little spell? Well, Nick, yes, as you guys, a lot of people know, he is a bundle of, of energy and positive um, vibes. He's got everybody uh, excited uh, over here, especially at Santa Anita. People running down to the winner's uh, circle and wanting him to do his flying dismount. And he just, you know what, he's, he's just different. He's so enthusiastic in a game that, that that's always good. Uh, um, he's... He's just different, a, a different sort of character. Um, you know, I know him since he was 15 years old. Uh, he's uh, had a real good run. He called last night after winning four. You'd think he'd won another arc or something. He was so excited, uh, just like a little kid. And it, it's great for the business and something that's uh, sorely needed it, it throughout our, our industry, I believe. But just a delight, just a real delight. Just quickly, from a business point of view, from your point of view, yeah, he's a legend. He's an international legend, but he's a 52-year-old guy on a farewell tour. How hard a sell was he to the U.S. trainers? Not, you know, if you just if you're observing and watching him, he has no appearance of being 52 years old. Uh, I've had more than one person that's grabbed me and said, "Look, he's uh, he's still all there and rides amazing," and then his like like we said his enthusiasm for the game and his his positiveness is just uh, is something refreshing 
Could, do you think he should squeeze his career out longer? You know what, Nikki? I, I, I don't see why he would he, he couldn't, let's put it this way, but that's a decision for for he and, and Catherine to make. Um, I don't know why not. Uh, he, he looks amazing, he's riding amazing, and he's been super well-received so far. So I, I would, if he asked me, I'd give him a thumbs up. And I, we were talking when we when I was over in Gulfstream about you know he was sort of half thinking about trying to get on the Triple Crown Trail. Is that is that realistic? You can see what rides are around at the moment. Is, are there are there yes. rides open? Yes. Well, there will be, and part of the situation has to do with you know here um, a lot of these days fall on top of each other. So there's stuff. He's he's. I'm not going to go into the details yet, but he's got a couple that are going to come to the fore here pretty soon uh, that will have chances and then a lot of these races end up on the same days so there's a there'll be an influx of, of possible live open calls then so he's going to have some sort of a chance with a derby mount I believe a Preakness and a Belmont and we'll uh, take it from there I've won the derby I think six times now or, and like four of them I picked up three weeks or four weeks out so there's a lot of, you know, uh, stuff that's going to go on between now and Derby Day. Uh, uh, comparisons are odious, obviously, but you have looked after some of the modern greats, the recent greats, the Baileys, the Stevens, two guys that, you know, I've, I've had good fortune to work with, Dottori, Rosario, now Velasquez as well, who has broken just about every record going. Um, in terms of a mental approach to the game at this stage of his life and career, can you compare him to those others? Well, I can compare him to, to you know, Jerry Bailey, I had the last six years of his career, and he seems to be in, in a nick something like Jerry. He just He's still, you know, probably 90% of his physical abilities. And like I tell people, as the riders get older, he's 110% mental. And a lot of times guys win because of their, they just outsmart everybody. And he's still all there, trust me. Um, very impressive physically so far very impressive to me too with his placement uh uh his breaking a race down his finishing he finishes amazing still uh i don't i don't see any uh glitches in his in his in his armor at this point all right that was ron anderson agent to the stars agent now to frankie dottori that was quite interesting stuff dave wasn't it yeah it was indeed um the 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 most interesting aspect of that, as the two of you discussed, is, is this really going to be it for Frankie de Tori? Um, we've said for a long time that for a man who was in his late 40s and now early 50s, he's something of a, a, a Peter Pan figure. He looks, you know, I'm 54 and I look a lot more like 54 than he does 52. Uh, that I know, although he's probably taking um, better care of himself. But the, the way that he's riding at the moment, the way that he will continue to ride, I suspect, during the summer, we know that in 2022, his stock and i'm sure his confidence took a something of a knot which was w with a a fairly wretched time of it and obviously the the sabbatical from john gosden things did get better in the autumn and they're obviously going extremely well in the spring here in america so it would be interesting if things if that's continued after frankie comes back maybe one thing nick would would john gosden 
maybe not mind the idea of uh, of Frankie going on for another year because Asheen Murphy apart, the the candidates don't exactly roll off the tongue. Possibly James Doyle uh, for his replacement at, at Clarehaven. We've got Benoit de la Sayette, who is the reigning champion apprentice, but I think by common uh, agreement, not not quite. Uh, mature enough to take uh, the the position of number one jockey uh, for John Gosden. If things do continue to 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 be rosy in the garden uh, for De Tory when he comes back in uh, in Europe uh, to Europe as as the year progresses, and he rides a lot of winners, uh, particularly at the top level for John Gosden, and Gosden has a really good season with um, the th- the three year olds. Would it be beyond uh our contemplation that that maybe he might uh he might continue to ride on in 24 especially if Gosden thinks it's a good idea well i i think i think i th- i think it's likeliest that he ends the year uh retiring but it's i think it's international opportunities rather than dom- than domestic ones that would turn his head as as ron was suggesting there in the piece and i think what happens in the next two or three weeks will be quite critical in terms of what his schedule is like during the early summer period, because if he can get on the trail, if he can get on the triple crown trail and get on a live one, then that starts to make, make things pretty interesting. So watch this space is what I'd say. My thanks to, to Ron Anderson. All right. What else happened over the weekend? Well, the Amir sword festival uh, concluded in Qatar Saturday morning, GMT afternoon, local time. Uh, a massive injection of money, as you heard on the podcast last Tuesday with Tom, and it was rewarded with very good fields as well. Russian Emperor winning the, the big race over a million pounds sterling to the winner for Hong Kong. Sensational international result for Hong Kong. And notable results for Britain and Ireland as well. Order of Australia. He must be the hardest horse in training. What a horse he is on firm ground again, winning the, the big race there to kick off with the ITM mile. And then the Dukan sprint that was worth over a quarter of a million pounds this year went in the way of flaming rib for Hugo Palmer and Michael Owen and Asheen Murphy. You can't stop the man. He's only just come back. Trainers with me now. Uh, something a little different to kick off 2023, Hugo? Uh, yes, I suppose it was a little bit different. Um, I've been out there a few times before. Um, and I think the horse that I took is still in training with David O'Mara at Gulliver. We finished third in the race, and it was a valuable race then, but I think only worth about half what we what we won this time. So um, it was great to win it. In fairness, Flaming Rib is a, is a genuine top-level Group 1 performer, as he proved on more than one occasion last year. How long had this been in the planning? Uh, well, so the original plan was that we thought we might try and go to Saudi, um, and if we didn't get into Saudi, we were going to go to um, to Super Saturday in Dubai, and then and then World Cup night. That was the that was the plan. And then just after the New Year, Curec announced um, an enormous injection of money uh, into this meeting, um, and it seemed more sensible to go to Doha for four hundred grand than it did to Dubai for I think it was quarter of a million. So. Um, it was simply the money. We followed that. Um, and hopefully we will now go to World Cup night. So World Cup night next. Did he show you anything uh, on Saturday morning that we hadn't seen before? Is there, is, was there a new dimension to his performance that opened up any options for this year? Ooh, I think, I mean, from an actual sort of what he achieved, I think, you'd be hard, I think you'd be hard pushed to make that case. But what I did like was that he had a wide you know a wide draw and a wide trip and he settled and 
when we tried to to ride him a little bit colder for his first start for me in the um in the greenham last year he he pulled and james Dahl got off from that day and said just you know ride ride him forward he's got a lot of speed use that but i think a year on he seems to have grown up a little bit so you could think about the lennox or something like that a sharp a sharp seven furlongs in the summer maybe um you know i think he's he's a horse that Obviously, you know, second in the Commonwealth Cup, fourth in the um, in the Haydock Sprint, and so he he performed well at Group One level last year. But I think that we could we could find ourselves probably quite a lot short of um, of some of the Australians and, and the top level sprinters. But a huge amount of the horses that were plying their trade at the top of the sprinting division last year have gone. Um, off the top of my head, I can think that. Uh, Minzal and Naval Crown and Perfect Power and even three-year-olds coming through like Blackbeard and Persian Force um, and I think Double or Bubble has been retired to the paddocks and Alcohol Free has gone to Australia and um, we sadly Dubawi Legend has retired to start you know, there's quite a lot of group winning sprinters from, from 2022 that, are, that aren't in training this year so um, we'll see and it's a perfect start to the year for, for you and for your team. What are you most looking forward to uh, this campaign? We've got some lovely, uh, some lovely three-year-olds coming through that have um, perhaps our two-year-olds more, more backwards and a little bit behind um, last year than, than, than we'd have expected. But I think with the move, that was um, sort of understandable. Um, very nice horse called Imperial Ace, who's won his last two, just having a little break at the moment, and we'll see where he gets to. Um, I'm, I, you know, I really want to try and win a, a Group One if we can with, uh, well, with anything, but particularly with Brad the Brief. Uh, he was so good when he when he won the Greenlands at the Curra, and it was just unfortunate that we had him in such an extraordinarily hot and dry summer last year. Um, he was declared and non-runner so many times, um, and I'm obviously looking forward to this horse. He, you know, he's an exciting horse going forward. And you can't keep Sheen Murphy out of the out of the headlines. I mean, he'd only been back five minutes, and he was already out in Qatar riding a riding a big race win of you. As he said to David Mills yesterday, I mean, he he rang me about Christmas time, and he said, "I was just thinking, I was looking at you know horses that might be going to the Middle East, that sort of thing." And he said, "You know, I wonder whether you were planning that for Flaming Rib, and if you were, I'd love to ride him." And um, you know, I didn't I didn't have to think long and hard long about it. Um, well, he came and rode at Wolverhampton last week, and he or two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whatever it was, and he he looked so steely and so focused and light and fit, and he looked like some he looked like a man with a real point to prove. Um, and if he keeps going in that vein, I've got no doubt he'll prove it. All right, that was Hugo Palmer, massive cash injection into that meeting in in Qatar, just a, a week ahead of the of the twenty million dollar Saudi Cup. Um, and was rewarded with some with some very good performances, as, as Hugo was saying, there with Flaming Rib. But I mean, the key story again is it's extraordinary. Murphy's been back about five minutes, Dave, and he's he's already made an international splash of sorts. Yeah, uh, this is some return, isn't it? Um, the first ride back, as we know, was on Thursday aboard Jupiter Express. Now to win uh, aboard Flaming Rib in Doha. Um, Asheen Murphy's got six books booked ride at, rides at, at Newcastle. Uh, 
later on today, of, of which more in a, a few moments. But yeah, it's some comeback. I must admit, I, I was very impressed with Asheen Murphy at Chelmsford City uh, on Thursday. Sometimes over, particularly with, we've had two prime ministers uh, come and go in 2022, and both of them were apt to blame others uh, for the fact that they had to leave office. And I think these days that... Um, there is a it, it's 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 in, increasingly common uh, that people don't want to look their own mistakes in the eye and admit them. And Asheen Murphy did a, a very good interview with with Chris Dixon, who actually for a, a guy who wouldn't call himself a journalist, but would be, I'm sure, more of a of a of a form analyst. I thought he asked some very good questions. And Asheen Murphy said, I've I've made many, many errors and my aim is to come back the person that I want to be. Well, in terms of how he behaves out of the saddle, I wish him very well with that. But certainly the person that he wants to be in the saddle, I think he's getting pretty close to that at the moment. Um, first winner back, big purse in Doha, uh, more rides in Britain this week. And he really does. Uh, we were told beforehand that, you know, he'd been working like mad and that he was absolutely keen to hit the ground running and impress on his comeback and, by Jiminy, hasn't he done that? All right, well, I must thank everyone and, and apologies for, well, I make no apologies really for um, giving this so many airings over the last few weeks, but I must thank all of you for all your support uh, helping me raise money for uh, cystic fibrosis charities over the last couple of weeks on the podcast. The auction closed last night at six o'clock and I think we're looking at somewhere in the region between forty and 50,000, but we just got to dot a few I's and cross a few T's, but it's an amazing amount of money and I know where every single penny of that is going. So thank you. Now, the industry as a whole is getting right behind a massive fundraising initiative, potentially, um, using the same mechanics, auctioning stallion nominations for two enormously important charitable causes. You couldn't say there are two more important ones in the world at the moment. One is the Disasters Emergency Committee, who are preoccupied with um, you know, repairing damage and giving aid to the victims of the earthquake uh, that has affected so badly Syria and Turkey. And, of course, giving to, to Ukraine, with which you'll be well familiar and with which a number of, of racing uh, folk have been have been heavily involved. Indeed, trainer Gay Kellaway is nominated in tonight's Thoroughbred Industry Employee Awards uh, in the community category for her work in that. Oliver St. Lawrence is the bloodstock agent who has been um, tasked or has has pulled all of this together, Oliver. And it's all going online on the Tattersall's um, page today at midday with the lots going up incrementally is that right correct yes the auction opens today at, at midday um and finishes on tuesday um they start closing at 12 o'clock on tuesday ayali closes his first to clo close at 12 o'clock and then every two minutes um another stallion closes so um hopefully we can get the bidders in we need to get the bidders in buying the, buying these these nominations it's a fascinating process i'm having just sort of dipped the toe in the water in the last couple of weeks just the the sheer generosity of people in the racing industry is, is pretty overwhelming you've got what three quarters of a million quids worth of nominations here in terms of real value Yes, I mean, it's been amazing, the support from across England, Ireland and France. Um, stallion masters and, and shareholders and breeding right holders in these stallions, they have, um, you know, they, they have really come to the party. And um, hopefully, the, the, you know, we can raise a good sum of money. Um, people are having to pay for the lot 
um, straight away, which is slightly unusual, but they are being allowed a free return back to the stallion in 2024. Um, that's everything bar two stallions. It's clearly marked on the website. Um, so they get a free return and um, hopefully we can breed a champion amongst it for the, for the charity in, in ways. Uh, that, that's right. I mean, what, what sort of inspired the, the idea in the first place? What sort of gave you the idea of trying to pull all this together? Because it's a big undertaking. Well, um, there's a guy called Stephen Burns, who some of you may know. He's, he's an oste- a horse osteopath. Called, um, he trades his back on form. And he's been driving, he is driving at this very moment, um, some lorries out. To, there's a convoy of five lorries for giving to Ukraine, going out to um, the Polish-Ukrainian border, um, taking supplies of medical aid and, and food and, and body bags, sadly. And um, he came up with the idea. He spoke to me about it in Tats in December, and we kind of didn't take it any further and then he came and saw me again in late january and it's been all guns blazing since then i mean to say there's something for everything is an understatement you've literally gone from from aarly to to Z here um yes. flat jumps bit of dual purpose bit of everything there's a bit of everything of every price range you know starting at showcasing at forty five thousand, uh right down to the to the um um, better, no, I don't want to say better value stallions. The showcasing is good value, but you know the more reasonably priced stallions are the lower end, and sprinters, stairs, um, you know everything in between. Dual purpose stallions, um, you know there's some good stallions in there. I mean the 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 difficulty I suppose you you trying to get a feel. You know at most auctions you get a feel for what people want and you kind of know how it's going to go. As I've been finding out, this this is pretty unpredictable. You don't quite know how it's going to pan out. I know that's the most terrifying thing for me, having got these nominations in, is are there going to be people there to bid and are they going to bid strong? Um, You know, I'm sure there'll be some stallions that make more than their advertised nomination fee and some we will be scratching our heads going, why didn't that make more? Well, I just wish you all the best. It's a, it's just an incredible thing that, that you're doing just to get all the people to, to pull in the same direction. Just a reminder, it's for the, the Syria and uh, Turkey earthquake appeal for the Disasters Emergency Committee and giving to Ukraine and the work, the, the ongoing work in, in Ukraine that will be necessary for, for many months and possibly years to come. Oliver St. Lawrence, thanks so much. Thank you, Nick. Thanks, Oliver. Best of luck to him with that extraordinary endeavour during the course of today and tomorrow. And thanks to all my guests today. David Yates is still with me. Dave, before I ask your tip today, I wanted to pay tribute to the career of uh, leading French, uh, mainly jumps rider, but successful on the flat as well, Nathalie de Souter, who has been an amazing pathfinder um, for female jockeys over the over the last couple of decades. She first rode in 1998 on the flat and then rode her first jumps race in 1999. She's won 408 races over jumps, including 68 at Otoy Paris' premier track, and she's ridden 205 flat winners as well. That's an extraordinary versatility she's won multiple group twos she's ridden for Macaire, uh, david cotin francois nicole but mainly uh, her big successes came for jean-paul gallerini on on the very uh, good cario de sorma has won a stack of group threes as well and she announced her retirement yesterday and was given a, a guard of honor at uh, at poe Racecourse, which was which was good to see yes indeed it, it's it's some career um as you say uh both over jumps and on the flat and at a time when 
things aren't easy for female jockeys now, but they were harder um, a couple of decades ago. She certainly has been a, a trailblazer and a, 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 a flag bearer for female jockeys. And she's had a, an incredible career and, and one of which she can be very proud. Um, when you mentioned female jockeys, reminds me that Bryony Frost rode a treble at Wing Canton on, on Saturday. Remiss of me not to mention that before. Hopefully that'll kickstart the sort of second portion of her season. Um, and rides have been not not flowing with quite the regularity as you might have expected. So a hat-trick of well-ridden winners at Wing Canton on Saturday will certainly uh, remind everybody what she's capable of. Yes, indeed. You're, you're absolutely right that uh, Bryony Frost totals haven't been... Uh, what they what what we were expecting to see, and uh, what I'm sure she would have wished for. Um, the uh, I, I don't know if if this is um, linked to the the case with Robbie Dunn, uh, but it, it, it seems that uh, after that 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 her career took a, a a knock from that through no fault of her own. Uh, she's also had injuries. Uh, which have have kept the numbers in check, but as you say, a treble at Wincanton on Saturday, we're we're in no doubt as to her skills in the saddle, and this could well kickstart that. I I would venture to suggest that if she had a a really good spring from what February the twentieth on to uh, the end of April, she'd happily forget the the travails over the last few weeks and months. And have you got a tip for me for today? I have indeed. It's in the six o'clock race at Newcastle. It's the top weight level up, successful at Sobel two starts ago, then was second there two days later in an amateur riders event. No amateur on board this evening, Asheen Murphy, for a second victory in the UK after his comeback aboard Level Up. Six o'clock race at Newcastle. Selection is number one, Level Up. David, thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening. That was Monday the 20th of February. Back tomorrow with all the news from the Godolphin Awards and then heading off to Saudi. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association, and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Mm-hmm.